Welcome to the Life and Legacy Show, where we discuss all things elder law, estate, and legacy planning. Hosted by certified elder law attorney, Tim Seckler, from the Seckler Law Firm. And now your host, attorney Tim Seckler. And welcome to this week's edition of the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Secular Law Firm, where great families make great estate plans. Um, and my name is Tim Seckler. I am your host here on the Life and Legacy Show. We do this show each and every week, trying to get you the information you need to know to make proper estate planning decisions for your legacy, your family, your finances, uh, and making sure that this life that you're living is uh, has all been uh, worth it from a from a legacy planning standpoint. You know. Most people I work with don't want to spend 40, 50 years in the job, working hard, raising families, just to lose all their money to some broken government rule book uh, when they get sick or pass away. And that's what we're going to be chatting about on today's show is um, some of the some of the problems with the uh, the government system that we have for seniors, some of the problems that we have uh, as it relates to living in Pennsylvania with some of our quirky laws and how it is harder and harder and harder for middle-class Americans to do better financially, rise up, have better standards of living. It's hard out there, folks, and nobody's going to fix it for you. So today's episode is called No One Is Going to Fix It For You, uh, and we're going to talk about my how I see the world through my lens of being an estate planning and elder law attorney, what I see families going through and how you can protect yourself because nobody's going to fix it for you. Uh, if you don't know about our law firm, we are in Cranberry Township. We have a couple of satellite offices, um, and uh, we work hard every day working on three types of legal cases. We do wills and trusts and estate plans. That's what we're here kind of chatting about today. Uh, my law firm helps people after you've lost a loved one. If you've been asked or soon will be asked to be the executor of an estate or the trustee of a trust, we can guide you through that process. And then we do what we call uh, nursing home crisis cases or, or long-term care care cases when someone is in this government system that they're going through all their money in a nursing home and is there anything we can do to protect their money, protect their spouse, protect money for their spouse uh, so that so that we can still keep some semblance of a retirement we've been thinking about for 60 or 70 years uh, rather than losing it all to a broken government rule book. Um, <clears throat> and so Today's episode is going to have some some tips and some things to think about. Uh, remember, folks, this is education. This is information. This is not legal advice. Some of the things that I'm going to be chatting about, if you try them, you might make a mistake. Uh, and so if you have a legal problem, you should come see us, and we'll help you with it. Our phone number is 724-546-4227, or you can find us anytime at secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R, lawfirm.com uh, and the website is full of tools full of resources uh, you can find all the old over 100 uh, podcast episodes at this point in time uh, you can find our, our links to a whole bunch of videos we've done from an education standpoint there's uh, dozens and dozens if not hundreds of blog articles on the website just trying to get you the information you need so that you can make proper decisions uh, on, for your life and and so Today's episode is is really about the fact that no one is going to fix this for you. And what, what am I talking about? Well, look, as, as we grow up, we take on more and more responsibility. When I used to live in my parents' house, you know, my parents more or less fixed everything for me. Um, they, they provided for me. If one of my toys broke, they fixed it or they, you know... 
I learned the hard way or I got another toy or, you know, and, and then as the toys got more expensive, if the bike got broken, my dad would come out and fix it in the driveway. And then I got my first car. And if it went down, my folks would, uh, would help me with the repair costs or my dad would turn a wrench himself to fix uh, the car. And, you know, we grew, I grew up in a situation, I think, like most of us do, where for a long time people are fixing stuff for us. And then, you know, like most people, I, I moved, I went, to, I went to college, I got an apartment. Um, an apartment has its, fall, uh, its, its drawbacks, but apartments have a nice thing when you need it, and that is called a landlord. You pick up the phone, and you call the landlord, and you say, hey, the, uh, the toilet isn't working properly or it's leaking. You got a problem here. You know, your floor's wet, or, you know, this light fixture isn't working, or whatever the case is. You need to come fix it. And you're, you're paying some money, but somebody's going to come and fix that for you, right? Um, and that's that's part of the whole the whole deal. And then at some point in time, I, I graduated a home ownership and I bought a home. And then the toilet started leaking, leaking, and, and uh oh, I got to fix this on my own, right? I got to figure out how to fix a drywall on my own. I mean, sure, I could call somebody and pay somebody, but now I'm out of pocket on that. So, do I call somebody and pay somebody, or do I fix it myself? And do I really know how to fix it myself? Maybe, you know, I taught myself how to do the drywall, but I'm not touching electricity, so I'm gonna I'm gonna call somebody on that. And and all of a sudden, oh my goodness, you know, this is now on me. This is what adulthood feels like. Apparently, I got to fix it all. And then time went on. And now I got my own kids, and I've spent half my time fixing their stuff. But the idea is. When it comes to um, retirement, our savings, our life, our legacy, nobody's going to fix this for you. And I can tell you there's an awful lot of, of wolves out there in the night coming after it. Um, there are taxes. There are long-term care expenses. There are, there are things that I consider to be sort of like the overall war on the middle class. And let me just give you a couple of examples. Um, you know, Pennsylvania, where we live, we got fairly high income taxes uh, compared to some states. We we have taxation on retirement benefits. We have a death tax. Most states don't have a death tax anymore. We do. Uh, it's called the Pennsylvania Inheritance Tax, and so they're coming after my stuff. If they didn't tax me on my income when I was working, when I pass away, they're going to hit me on the money on my way out the door. Well, that leaves my kids in a, in a more difficult position uh, to, for upward mobility because uh, apparently Harrisburg thinks that they can do better with my money than, than what my kids could do with the money. And so, um, you know, we've got this situation from a taxation standpoint, from a long-term care standpoint. You know, the long-term care, this is to me sort of like the hidden war in the middle class, right? If they didn't get it from me during my life, if I didn't lose it all to market exposure, if I didn't lose it all – to, to taxation or something during my life, you know, one in three seniors are going to have dementia, according to the Alzheimer's Association. And nursing homes in Pennsylvania, according to the state of Pennsylvania, nursing homes cost almost fifteen thousand dollars a month, and so that's one hundred and eighty grand a year. And if nursing homes cost one hundred and eighty thousand bucks a year, and one in three of us are going to have dementia, explain to me again how I'm not going to go broke in this system. You know, the system we all pay into this government system that tells us how, you know, when we turn 65, we can go on Medicare, and Medicare is going to be our health care. And so, like, there's a cool deal. I can pay into this system, and when I retire, then I can get a Social Security check, which doesn't pay all the bills, and I can get Medicare, which doesn't pay all the health care bills. And so I'm still in a situation for most seniors where you can't really get by on those programs. Um, 
Medicare pays for acute care, right? If, if I am over 65 and on Medicare and I have a heart attack and I get in the ambulance and they take me to the hospital and they do open-heart surgery and pacemaker and then I've got a rehab stay to get over this thing and I eventually go home and, you know, it's, it's terrible that I have gone through all of these things. But from a financial standpoint, I'm probably in pretty good shape because Medicare pays for hospitalization and acute care if I got my plan set up correctly. But what if instead of a heart attack, what if I have a stroke, right? So now I have a stroke and I get in the ambulance and they take me to the hospital and a couple of days later they want to discharge me to a skilled nursing facility. And let's say it's been a bad stroke and I need to live in this skilled nursing facility for an extended period of time. Well, Medicare doesn't pay for that. Medicare pays for 20 days, maybe up to 100 days, depending on how things are going. But after that, I am on my own at $180,000 a day. So here's a situation where and the, the, the system is flat out broken, right? I mean, we have a government system that is allowing seniors to go broke because of health care expenses. And, and to me, it's like this is the fundamental problem no one is talking about. If they didn't get you during your life, if you didn't lose it all to taxes or, or just inflation or whatever the case is that's really under their control and not under our control, if I didn't lose it to all of that, well, then there's a significant chance I'm going to lose it on my way out the door because they're not going to help me with my long-term care expenses. And most of us are going to have some form of long-term care expenses. So why, why are we failing our seniors about this? And importantly, why is no one else talking about this? Why, why is this not like why isn't some politician at the microphone every night talking about how he or she wants to fix this program for seniors? Like I just don't understand how we are all complacent and complicit with a system that routinely is designed to fail our seniors. It just doesn't make any sense. And then everybody likes to pick on the nursing home. Well, it's not the nursing home's fault. The nursing home provides care. It is extremely expensive to hire care providers in this environment, especially post-COVID, right? So their expenses are through the roof. When, when people go on Medicaid, which is the only other answer for long-term care, well, the, the Medicaid reimbursement rates are too low, so the nursing homes don't make enough money to get by on that sometimes. And, and some of them are set up differently than others, and some of them do okay on that, and some of them. Uh, but, you know, why, why is the government not paying for this care? And for the care they're providing for, why are they not paying full, full price um, and making sure that our seniors who, you know, we're talking about the, the generation that built this, what we have right now. Why are we failing these people? And it just, it just drives me, it just drives me up a wall. Uh, and you just see routinely, nobody's trying to fix it. And so the lesson is you need to fix it for yourself. And I'll give you another example. A couple of years ago, there was this law called the Secure Act. The Secure Act, boy, was this a, uh, this was a, um, sneaky thing. So, the SECURE Act, prior to the SECURE Act, this impacted retirement accounts, right? Uh, we don't have pensions anymore. They killed pensions. And so for the last 40 or 50 years, like the grand experiment is whether uh, 401Ks and IRAs make any sense for people. But we all have these 401Ks and IRAs now. Um, no more pensions for most. And so prior to the SECURE Act, it used to be the case that if you passed away and left your retirement account to your kid – your kid could take that money out of that retirement account over their life expectancy. So let me do an example. Let's say my dad leaves me a retirement account, and he leaves it to me when I'm age 55, and let's just make up a number and say that retirement account has $200,000 in it. Okay, well, if I'm 55, prior to secure, 
I could take that money out of that account over time according to my life expectancy, maybe into my mid-80s, right? So I take a little bit out every year of required distribution, but the balance in that account continues to be invested in the stock market, and it can grow. And the way that this stuff works is money doubles at about every 10 years at 7%, which is roughly what the stock market does. So in theory, I could put my money in the stock market. Over time, I get seven points, and and maybe my money doubles. So if I got $200,000 when I'm 55 and the money doubles by the time I'm 65 well now it's 800 and then if it doubles again by the time I'm 75 well now well now what 1.6 million right did I do that no 200 to 400 and then 400 to 800 but either way the money grows right and and so I don't have to pay taxes on it I'm getting growth on tax deferred revenue and it's a beautiful situation and it was too good it was too good they changed it on you that was this, when I saw the Secure Act came out, folks, this was the ugliest move in the war in the middle class I've ever seen. Um, it was, it was sneaky fast. And here's what it did: it eliminated lifetime stretch for your kids. See, your kids, in all the likelihood, if you've got a sizable IRA, your kids are going to inherit IRA money. Your kids, if they were smart, once they received the IRA money, they would let the money ride in the market for their life expectancy and not spend it, and that money could grow and grow and grow. And the government and the IRS didn't want that to occur. They don't, they don't want what's really in the best interest for your kids. They want that money back out in the economy. They want your kids to spend it. And so they required the money to be distributed within 10 years of your date of death. So now if my dad leaves me a retirement account and I'm 55 when he passes away, I don't get to stretch the money until my mid-80s. During my life expectancy, I have to pull the money out within 10 years, which means I'll be pulling the money out of the account and paying ordinary income tax rates on it between the years of 55 and 65, which not only have I lost a couple of decades of tax deferred growth, what are most 55-year-olds still doing? They're working. And so then in theory, I've already got ordinary income on a 1040, and now I've got to take this retirement account, and it's nice that I received an inheritance, but I have to put the 1040, the, the, the IRA distributions that are now distributed over 10 years on top of my 1040 and pay ordinary income tax rates on this. Now, my income tax bracket is going to bump up, and I'm going to get smoked. So where Dad's IRA used to provide decades and decades of growth and a potential for upward mobility in my standard of living and my children's standard of living. Now, Uncle Sam's taken a a larger than fair chunk of this thing. I've lost the ability to do tax referred growth. And I just did an estate plan for a a former coworker and he has saved very well. Um, I haven't seen him in a long, long time. He came in for his estate plan and met with him and he's got sizable retirement. And I explained to him the SECURE Act and how the IRS and the government is essentially stealing hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars from his children, and he didn't even know it. He said, how didn't I know this? I said, well, nobody knew it. And here's the thing. It's like the perfect crime. The SECURE Act was the perfect crime. Why? Because they dangled a couple of carrots out there that said, oh, I can buy an annuity in my 401k plan and a couple other things that didn't really matter. And then here's the thing. If you're listening to this, you have a retirement account and you didn't know about SECURE, it doesn't impact you. It doesn't change your retirement. The money, you know, it, it, this, the change is what happens after you pass away. So let's say you're going to pass away in another 30 years. 
Well, your children who are going to inherit this money in 30 years, they're going to be thankful to receive an inheritance. They're not going to know that 30 years ago, the law changed in this inheritance that they're going to receive used to, prior to the change in the law would have been worth way more, right? It's a victimless crime, so to speak. You're not upset about it. Your kids don't even know about it. By the time they find out about it, it's not going to, be, it's not going to matter. And it's going to be decades old. And it is the perfect tax hike because nobody's complaining about it, except I complained about it. When the U.S. House of Representatives passed this thing, and this thing passed sneaky fast, right? Um, you know, these guys and gals in Congress right now can't agree on the difference between the color red and the color blue, right? Um, by the time it hit the news that the SECURE Act had been proposed as legislation in the House of Representatives, it passed, okay? It had passed immediately. And then the way our structure goes, it now moves on to the Senate. So I personally call both Pennsylvania United States senators. And one, I'm not going to name names, but one of them never returned my phone call. The other one, the guys, uh, right, uh, um, one of his staff members called me back in like 20 minutes. And he says, I understand you're an estate planning attorney. I said, yes, I am. He goes, I understand you're calling about the SECURE Act. I said, yes, sir, I am. He said, I understand you don't like it. I said, no, sir, I don't. And he says, and, I, and this is, I wish I was lying about this. He says, great. Can you tell us what it is? Now, context here. This is a United States senator's office asking me, Tim Seckler, an attorney in Cranberry Township, what the SECURE Act was after the House of Representatives had already passed it. And if that doesn't scare you, I don't know how to scare you because no one is out for you. Nobody is going to protect you from this stuff. you got to do it on your own. And so I, getting back to the story, I explained this to the guy. I said, well, here's what the SECURE Act is. Do you have a retirement account? You probably have a thrift savings plan in the government, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You got kids? Yeah. Well, here's what happens with your kids in the retirement account when you pass away. And the guy goes, I don't like that at all. I said, I don't either. He said, thanks for calling. And I thought to myself, wow. Democracy works. You know, I, I saw a problem. I called my United States senator's office. They heard me out. A guy agreed with me. He said, I don't really like this. And then I thought, man, this is really cool, right? Except three weeks later, the senator voted yes for the SECURE Act um, after he got some favors done for him. And I, I came to realize through that experience that I don't see anyone in the government really trying to fix the issues that middle-class retirees and seniors are facing. I just, this is very clearly a death tax on the middle class, right? Um, let's talk about that for a second. There is a federal estate tax. There is a federal death tax, but currently you can die with over $12 million, $24 million as a married couple, and nobody's paying any tax, right? That's an awful lot of money. That is far and away above what we would call middle-class Americans, a married couple with $24 million. And look, I'm not mad at them for having $24 million. I think it's wonderful. We've done a lot of planning for people with a lot of money. Good for you, right? But let's get back to a retired school teacher and police officer that has money in a retirement account. And they don't have $24 million, and they're not worried about the federal state tax, but they got money in a retirement account. Now, technically, it's not a death tax. Technically, it's income tax, right? It's, it's income tax on the distributions of a retirement account. Except 
it is a tax that is due within a defined period of time after you pass away because you passed away. And, you know, dropping some legalese, that sounds an awful lot like a death tax. Uh, and so we essentially got rid of the death tax on wealthier Americans. We instituted a death tax on middle class Americans on their retirement accounts. And we're adding all of this on a situation of massive inflation, market risk, elimination of pensions, and the threat that one in three of us is going to have long-term care and nobody's going to help us pay for it. And how in the world do we expect people to find any upward mobility? How, how, how you know, what, what can you do? And I can tell you this. It's just like going back to my analogy at the beginning of the show today. When I was a kid, my dad fixed stuff for me. My mom fixed stuff for me. When I got an apartment, the landlord fixed stuff for me. And then I finally got to home ownership, and I had to fix stuff myself, right? Well, it's kind of like that, folks. Nobody's going to fix this for you. Nobody is out there saying we're going to fix the long-term care system. Nobody is out there saying we're going we're to fix the taxation of your retirement accounts. In fact, right now they're debating a thing called the Secure Act 2.0. I can't wait to see what this gem has in it. Um, but it can't be it can't be all good. And, and so and if any politician is listening to this and wants to debate the subject with me, I'm open. Give me a call. 724-546-4227. I'd be happy to chat with you. Um, you're welcome to come on the show if you like. Um, but my point is you, the listener, folks, have to take responsibility for protecting your nest egg, for protecting your legacy, for protecting each other as a family, because no one else is going to do it. I am tired of people coming to my office, good people, hardworking people coming to my office, and they're going through ten, twelve, fourteen thousand dollars $14,000 a month in long-term care expenses because the government system is failing you. I'm tired of people coming in and finding out the hard way that this retirement account that their kid just inherited after losing their father is about to be smoked on taxes. I'm tired of probate expenses. I'm tired of the Pennsylvania death tax. And I'm tired about nobody doing anything for good, hardworking, middle-class and upper-middle-class families. And, guys, you got to do it on your own. So how do you get started? Well, listen, I can't solve all these problems for you, but i got a pretty good understanding on some of them. And, and, and so that's why we do this show. That's why we do the educational events. That's why we ask you to come to one of our upcoming estate planning and elder law workshops so I can teach you all about estate planning. I can teach you all about taxes. I can teach you about wills versus trusts. I can teach you about what tools you need and how to get them in an affordable way and how to set your family up to meet the criteria for a successful estate plan. A successful estate plan honors your life and your legacy and everything that you've done to get to this point. It, it, it recognizes the fact that life isn't perfect, but boy, we worked hard, and let's not lose it all to some broken government system. It, it protects your resources. A, a successful estate plan protects your resources. Folks, if you have a simple will as your estate plan, you're doing nothing to protect your resources. Let's protect some resources. Third, it sets your family up for success. We actually want to teach your kids their role as executor and power of attorney rather than just throwing some documents at them and expecting them to understand what the heck they mean. We've got to teach them. Here's going to be your role. If mom gets sick, here's what you do. You give us a call. We're going to work through this way, that way. All right, so successful uh, estate plan. It uh, honors your life and your legacy. It protects your resources. It sets your kids up for success. And finally, it works today and tomorrow. 
at our law firm, we don't consider you to be a transaction. In, in law school, they uh, they call this transactional law. You know, you're going to come, you're going to purchase a thing from the lawyer. The lawyer's going to sell you some papers. You're going to walk out of the lawyer's office, and then you're going to forget their name. And that's not the relationship we have with our clients. You're not a transaction in our office. You're a relationship. And we want to make sure that we continue to honor that relationship by providing you with great education and support so that if your life changes, if the law changes, we're there in your corner uh, to help you um, protect your resources and, and continue to have the estate plan work today and tomorrow. So if you'd like to learn more about what that looks like, if you'd like to get more about my take on what tools you need, wills versus trusts, how this whole nursing home system works, um, we can do all of that at one of our upcoming workshops and you can figure out how uh, how this whole thing works. Um, you can find them all the time at secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R lawfirm.com or you can give us a call at 724-546-4227 at the website you can always register for our upcoming workshops it's called the three secrets to protect your legacy um and we go through uh successful estate planning we go through a couple of examples of where and how estate plans fail um and we talk about how the nursing home system works how you can become eligible for medicaid how you can get nursing home care without going broke in a process, uh, and all of this is provided to you before you have to make a decision on whether to hire us. We are an education-first law firm. I want you to make great, informed decisions. It's been my take for over a decade now that if I teach people how this stuff works, people are going to respond by doing what's best in their family's interest uh, and and end up working with us or end up working with somebody else, but at least you got some good information. So, listen, I hope you found today's show helpful. I hope you found it informational. I hope you found it a little bit scary because I'm trying to get you to take some action on this. Nobody's going to fix it for you. There are tools, there are ways that you can implement some strategies to protect yourself from some of these issues. Um, and I think it's kind of incumbent on you to, to do that. You know, from my standpoint, I'm a married guy. I married my wife and I told her I was going to protect her, right? Well, my estate plan is part of that. The fact that I have enough life insurance is part of that. The fact that I've protected her in the event we have long-term care is part of that uh, because nobody else is going to fix this, fix this for me, and we know things are going to break. So, listen, um, please attend one of the upcoming workshops. If you know somebody going through some of these issues now, if you know somebody in a nursing home, somebody has recently lost a loved one, we'd love to help them, 724-546-4227, uh, or check us out at secklerlawfirm.com. Uh, I appreciate your attention uh, this afternoon or this morning, whenever you listen to the podcast, uh, and you have a great day. We'll check you here next week. Thanks a lot. This has been the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great plans. SecklerLawFirm.com or call 724-841-1393.